Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Innovation Friday, the podcast where we take a deep dive into the vital roles that hospital and health system pharmacy practitioners play in new and emerging sciences. My name is Sophia Chai, Assistant Director of the ASHP Innovation Center. And today we also have David Stenyum, Associate Professor and Associate Department Head of Pharmacy Practice and Pharmaceutical Sciences at University of Minnesota College of Pharmacy and Bailey Larson, Strategic Initiatives Associate at ASHP. And together we'll be discussing our newest offering, the Pharmacogenomics Accelerator Program. Now, before we get started, David, we thought maybe you could start by sharing a little bit about you and your pharmacogenomics journey. Great. Thank you, Sophie. It's a, a pleasure to, to be here today with uh, both you and, and Bailey, and it's going to be fun to talk about our uh, Pharmacogenomic Accelerator Program, which we've all um, worked quite a, quite a bit on over the last year or so, and really excited to talk about it. Um, but to start, start out, yeah, I'd be happy to talk a little bit about my uh, my journey into pharmacogenomics and um, my training is as in oncology pharmacy and one of the first positions I had was working in a GI cancer clinic and in GI cancer clinic we use a lot of fluoroprimidines and also renotecan both drugs which have pharmacogenomic ramifications um, and at that time we had no standard of care for for testing for those variants. And unfortunately, we had a patient that um, started therapy with a, a pretty aggressive regimen for pancreatic cancer called Fulfirinox. Um, as part of my team, part of my role on that team was to educate the patient on the, um, the chemotherapy regimen, including side effects and what to do if side effects occur. This patient was a, a well-educated lawyer, um, you know, in their 50s, and that I thought the education went great. Um, we found out a few days after starting this regimen that the patient was actually admitted to our emergency room and died within 20 minutes of actually getting up to the ICU. Later, we found out through you know, some genetic testing to try to figure out what happened with this patient, that this patient actually was completely deficient in a gene that's responsible for helping metabolize 5-fluorouracil, which was one of the major components of that regimen. You know, once we identified that, we made it a as a team, we decided that we were not going to let this happen to uh, to other patients. And from that point on, we started testing for um, you know variants for 5-fluorouracil and also um, for renotecan to help prevent these serious adverse events from happening in our patient population. So that was kind of my my first entry into you know classic pharmacogenetics. Um, of course, as an oncology pharmacist, I've been immersed in the world of, of precision oncology as well, and have worked you know in that area through early phase clinical trials, um, and also developing molecular tumor boards now at two institutions, and then here at the University of Minnesota, I've been working very closely now in the implementation of pharmacogenomics and how do we take pharmacogenomics outside of niche practices and try to implement more broadly um, across the United States and, and the world. And this is, you know, part of what we're doing with our pharmacogenomic accelerator program. So that's a little bit about my background into, uh, into pharmacogenomics. And um, again, happy to be here today with you all. Thanks for sharing that, David. Um, I also love, it's been a wonderful uh, partnership, just getting to work with you and uh, pulling from your expertise and learning more about this space. 
And I always love how you sort of describe the current state of pharmacogenomics, where we are now, and sort of you touched on this in your story, but really the the, the, the true value that it adds to patients. Yeah, and you know, pharmacogenomics today, um, you know, we have great guidelines for many drug gene pairs, um, many drugs now. We have identified pharmacogenomic ramification. I mentioned two of those drugs um, already, but there's a wide variety of different areas in addition to oncology with um, medications used for de depression, anxiety, um, medications in cardiology as well, where you know we do have good recommendations um, from national organizations on how to utilize that information. Currently, what is, I think, lacking is now implementation of this into practice. And we do have great examples where this has been implemented in healthcare systems, you know, across the nation. But I would say, you know, this is not mainstream per se yet. And so there's still significant work to help implement pharmacogenomics at a broader scale to bring these technologies to patients that, uh, you know, rightfully deserve to prevent these serious adverse events, just like that happened with, with my patient. And so, you know, we know that there's many barriers right now to implementing pharmacogenomics within the health systems, whether it is, you know, the complex nature between integrating this data, oftentimes from an outside lab into the electronic health record, um, that can be complex. How do you actually decide what test to order? Um, and also, do you have individuals with expertise um, within your institutions to help implement too? So this is a complex complex science um, and it's difficult to implement. And, you know, so that is some of the, the barriers that we're seeing um, as we've been talking with organizations about, you know, why they're not currently implementing um, despite the evidence for supporting its use um, in a multiple of, of disease states. So, um, you know, the current state is that we have good data, but we're failing to implement in, in many different areas. And, you know, our goal is to help try to foster that implementation and accelerate the implementation across the across the nation. Yeah, great. Thanks, David. Well, let's, you know, let's dive right into the pharmacogenomics accelerator and talk about, you know, what it is and the goals of the program. Bailey, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Thanks, Sophia. Happy to be with you and David today. As Sophia mentioned, our partner in this offering is David and his team at University of Minnesota College of Pharmacy. This works out really well because of their expertise in the field of pharmacogenomics and their experience with successful implementation science initiatives. So our teams have been working together since 2021 to ensure that this program has a really solid framework, expert coaches and field experts, which will be dedicated to these individual sites and evidence-based implementation design. So the Pharmacogenomics Accelerator is a nationwide learning experience designed to catalyze the implementation of clinical pharmacogenomics in health systems through an implementation science framework, which we'll hear about more from you and David a little later. The Accelerator is a 12-month experience that relies on an all-teach, all-learn approach for the multiple activity streams uh, really meant for practitioners, including pharmacy personnel, seeking to lead at, and enhance the service at their institution. David, do you want to share some of the goals of the Pharmacogenomics Accelerator? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, that description. Um, you know, overall, our, our main goal is, as I mentioned previously, is to accelerate the design and implementation of a comprehensive pharmacogenomic um, program that importantly demonstrates value to the organization, 
to the patients and to outside stakeholders as well. Um, so that is our, our overarching goal is to, to accelerate the adoption of pharmacogenomics within at the health systems level. However, we have additional goals too. And, and of course we're, we're preaching to the choir here with ASHP, but we want to catalyze pharmacy leadership as well in pharmacogenomics. And we feel that pharmacy is uniquely positioned to lead in this area. While we recognize that this is definitely a multidisciplinary um, expertise and, and you need multidisciplinary support to have a, a good comprehensive pharmacogenomic program, but we feel that pharmacists are, are uniquely positioned to lead in this area. And then lastly, our, our other main goal is to, is to create an environment that supports shared learning um, and also celebrates the success of others as well as they're implementing their pharmacogenomics. We know that pharmacogenomics has been implemented in many institutions, but it's always been done necessarily in a siloed based approach with each individual organization implementing. We want to break down those silos and democratize um, the information about how to implement through this uh, collaborative design where we all can learn together about best practices. We at the University of Minnesota and ASHP will not profess to be the, you know, the intimate knowledge keepers of how to best implement pharmacogenomics. And we feel the strength of this is to actually catalyze um, within with all the different areas and all the different health systems that we utilize to use their collective knowledge to improve um, pharmacogenomic implementation. Um, so that is our, our kind of third goal is to create an environment that support, supports this shared learning um, so that we can uh, improve adoption of pharmacogenomics. Thanks, I think you're exactly right. We Let's not reinvent the wheel here. Let's utilize the resources we have and our great members all across the US that are doing this so successfully and seeing um, such great patient outcomes. So if we can, let's go in depth a little bit more and discuss some of the offerings, including the activity streams that I mentioned. We can start with Sophia and then um, David can speak a little bit more to that. Sure, Bailey. So with the pharmacogenomics accelerator, it's really going to support health system implementation of that pharmacogenomics that David just mentioned through three specific activity streams. And then again, that's supported by coaches and implementation science experts. And that first stream is around structured and didactic learning. And so it has didactic materials, including business and implementation plan development as well as a, the ASHP pharmacogenomics certificate, which was actually just updated last year. It is a self-guided online certificate that provides 20 hours of ACPE continuing education for pharmacists. And it incorporates recorded presentations and worksheets and supportive readings throughout its modules. And in the certificate, there are eight modules that cover sort of the rationale and process for using pharmacogenomics to improve medication use, uh, key aspects associated with successful implementation of pharmacogenomics in a health system, uh, interpreting results and associated recommendations for pharmacotherapy uh, in various care settings, and, and really also highlights some current controversies and challenges that come with pharmacogenomics implementation. And I think what you know is nice about this component of the program is that participants of the cohort really will complete the certificate together. And this kind of helps reinforce that accountability piece. And then two, hopefully a deeper connection to the content and just richer experience overall. Yeah, absolutely. So stream two is, is, is the collaborative experience, the, what we're calling the all teach, all learn, um, you know, 
aspect of the accelerator and really this is the meat and potatoes of the the entire accelerator this is where all the sites that are participating will come together um, and at least a monthly basis uh, to go through a structured curriculum that we've developed that will guide um, sites through a implementation framework for implementing pharmacogenomics and so as i mentioned this is rooted in an implementation science framework and so we've built out the different modules based on the, the individual 12 months of the program to kind of guide each individual site through and of course we'll talk a little bit about you know the the right type of site for participating, but this is really orientated towards sites that maybe have already started implementing or in various stages along the continuum, and it can apply to, to all sites, regardless of where they're at um, in, in implementation from the very beginning um, to those that have, you know, maybe start already started going down that process. But the, the stream two is these structured webinars where all the sites will get together and share their experiences. We'll have a, a portion where we'll introduce the, the theme for the um, the month and go through some structured activities, but also there'll be time within the webinar as well for sites to share their learning as well, which we find will be extremely important as we learn from sites about what's working, what isn't working, where they need help um, and want guidance from, from other sites as well. In addition to that, in the interim between the different meetings, there will also be meetings with the, the coach that has been assigned to the in each individual site. So each site will be assigned a, a coach um, um, as Sophia mentioned, and these coaches may not be experts in pharmacogenomics, but they're you know, they're experts in implementation science framework and coaching in these collaboratives. And this provides accountability and a, a contact person for for the site to work directly with the accelerator. And they'll keep keep sites on on task and on pace to uh, complete the assigned activities throughout the month to make them prepared for the next month to keep pushing them along. So that is the uh, kind of the framework of the accelerator that implementation learning and action community that will be guided through this this framework starting from developing the usable innovation or, or you know your thought about how you want to implement pharmacogenomics at the institution, all the way to building the team preparing to launch, developing that business plan that Sophia mentioned, preparing um, an implementation plan, what outcome measures you want to, to measure and follow to demonstrate value. And then, you know, towards the end, monitoring the process and seeing how things are working and then potentially um, making small changes and see how that uh that imp that changes the implementation and then hopefully at the end we'll have a, a nice summary and and all the sites will be able to tell their story about where they've brought uh, pharmacogenomics in the last year um which we're all we'll all be very excited to, to see the progress that sites have made so that is the the stream two and as i mentioned that's the, the kind of the meat and the potatoes stream three is a another form of education that we're providing uh, through the accelerator but it's also available now to any site that may be interested and this is a, a pharmacogenomic echo and echo is an extension of community health outcomes this is a we're part of the new mexico project echo um, and this is to our knowledge the first pharmacogenomic specific echo that has been launched um, we started this last september and 
And uh, so we've had now several different echo sessions. And if you're not familiar with echo, this is a, a way, again, to democratize knowledge in, in specialty areas such as pharmacogenomics to help individuals learn the science through a case-based methodology. So typical echo sessions will involve um, a short didactic presentation on a relevant pharmacogenomic uh, topic area. We're, we've started relatively basic um, and then go into a, a case discussion where individuals that are, are practicing in pharmacogenomics and learning bring cases um, to discuss with a, a group of experts. Um, and our pharmacogenomic um, team um, includes, you know, the University of Minnesota constituents, but also we have seven different spoke sites um, across the upper Midwest, including Children's Minnesota, Ferris State, um, M-Health Fairview, Manchester University, um, North Dakota, and, and Sanford Health, and South Dakota University. So it's a, a large group that, of experts and also individuals that are, are learning this science um, and accelerator sites will be invited to participate um, and to help their individual practitioners learn in a case-based manner. So that will be kind of that three, uh, stream three. And if you're interested in that today, feel free to go to our, um, our pharmacogenomic um, ECHO website at the University of Minnesota to learn, to learn more about that too. And we invite you to participate now. So those are our three streams. One is didactic. The second is the implementation learning action community. And the third is this pharmacogenomic echo to have clinical application um, with a supportive community. So those are the, the three streams that we have. David, I think you did a great job highlighting the opportunities for sites to take advantage of those three streams and the collaboration piece as they work to accelerate the implementation of their program while learning not only from their expert coach, but also from others and sharing in those wins and some of the barriers they're encountering. Sophia, can you speak to what sites would benefit maybe the most from this? Who should participate? Kind of what, what that looks like? Absolutely, thanks Bailey. You know, really I think the target audience is health systems seeking to implement or grow their pharmacogenomics services. And you know the pathways within the program that really kind of support those two groups of participants, either program leaders or clinical practitioners who are assuming responsibility for pharmacogenomics program implementation uh, and or to clinical practitioners who are seeking to really enhance their baseline clinical skills in this space. What we're learning from sites is, you know, there's a good spectrum from smaller clinic-based uh, to larger academic centers who are either novices or, or maybe already a bit more established and looking to scale their pharmacogenomics uh, services within their institution, but really with all, all with a mutual goal of accelerating that process with, with guidance and sort of a structured program. Uh, we're currently we're recruiting to an ideal cohort size of four to six sites and really looking to determine a mutual start date. Uh, and so with that, should we talk a little bit about what the time commitment looks like for the program? David, do you want to share a little bit on that? Yeah. And so, you know, the time commitment, the actual time in the accelerator is, is going to be highly dependent on the, each individual organization. Um, however, you know, kind of the key fundamental um, aspects of it is that, you know, each month we'll have um, uh, a webinar and these will be, you know, at least 60 minutes long. So we will work with sites to find a, a time that works, um, works for all sites um, for these monthly webinars. But then most of the work is actually going to 
happen outside of these structured touch points. Um, and this is where working with the coach, um, you know, is going to be important and, you know, defining a meeting frequency to make sure that we're, you're completing the, the assignments and the documents ahead of time um, before the next meeting and, you know, working towards that implementation. And that will be highly dependent on the size of the team that, uh, you know, is, helping toward in the implementation at the individual site um, and also the needs of the site as well. And, and so that will be highly dependent on, on where they're at in the spectrum of, of implementation. But the actual you know, participation in the accelerator um, you know, will be these monthly webinars. Again, the participation too in the ECHO, which is a, is a, a monthly or bi-monthly um, commitment and then also you know completing the pharmacogenomic certificate too for individual practitioners of course will uh, will take some time as well um, so that is the what the time commitment looks like um, and a lot of the work can will be done outside of kind of normal confines of, of standard meetings per se uh, we do have developed a, a learning management system that will house all of the the content and the, the curriculum that we have and that will be kind of a, a common spot for sites to go on to pulled materials, have a comment board to chat, ask questions, and communicate as well. So that will be a, an important aspect, um, you know, towards the an entry into the program and also for to facilitate communication within the program too. Eva, I know you've been speaking to this uh, a lot already, but I wanted to point out that your team put together such a nice kind of document to share about the value of pharmacogenomics and how this accelerator can help address some of the barriers in the field. Um, you talked about the all teach, all learn approach and th this community. Is there anything else you wanna highlight that programs could um, share and reflect on about the value of participating in this pharmacogenomics accelerator program? Yeah, I mean, you highlighted some of the, the key um, value propositions for the accelerator and you know the number one to me is this all teach all learn environment where you'll be able to work alongside other sites that are going through the same process and learn together about how to best implement pharmacogenomics that is tailored to your institution your institution specific goals as well we know all sites will have different goals for implementation and, and rationale for implementing too so but together um, learning best practices and again sharing the wisdom of how best to do this and to learn from each other i think that is the the true value proposition here coupled with the didactic education that we're providing too is it i think will be helpful for sites too to to go on and embark in this area um, which can be can be daunting at times um, and we've learned from some survey work that we've done that you know many pharmacists do not feel prepared to implement pharmacogenomics due to you know baseline knowledge um, deficit that they have. And, you know, through some of these programs, through the pharmacogenomics certificate program, the ECHO, um, we're really hoping to, uh, to bridge that gap and that barrier of, of education for the individual practitioner. Um, and then we'll also talk in the accelerator too about how to educate um, the staff on the implementation and also pharmacogenomics as well and talk about some best practices for that um, as well. And then talking about the value proposition to the 
to the institution. So what does the institution get out of implementing pharmacogenomics? And, you know, there's been many recent papers talking about the, the clinical benefit of implementing pharmacogenomics through reduction of adverse events or being able to optimally select medications. Um, so, I, you know, a lot of that benefit has been, been well documented. And recently there's been some, you know, very interesting manuscripts too that have been published sharing the experience on what is the economic impact um, as well of implementing pharmacogenomics on a broad scale. And I'll highlight one manuscript that just came out very recently in the last few weeks is the experience from, um, from Kentucky. And Kentucky implemented a, a program in Medicare beneficiaries, so those that were 65 years of, of age and older, and they offered pharmacogenomic testing to uh, those Medicare recipients. Um, coupled with comprehensive medication management. So if they opted into this program, it was a voluntary program. Um, they received pharmacogenomic testing. Um, and then through that testing, they also had a, um, a CDS system built in place um, to have alerts within the health system. And then also they had that pharma comprehensive um, medication management program as well coupled in that would incorporate in pharmacogenomics re, um, results. But it was, again, a comprehensive program, and PGX was one component of that. And you know, one of the key findings that they presented is in the 32 months after the rollout of that program, um, in participants that elected into the pharmacogenomics um, testing with the CMM process, they saved on average about $7,000 per patient, um, which was a substantial amount of uh, savings in the 5,000 patients that participated in this program. Really showing here now some of the first economic data that we have on a broad scale of, of implementing pharmacogenomics coupled with comprehensive medication management to show that return on investment um, and you know saving seven thousand dollars per patient over over almost a three-year period so pretty substantial um, impact and I think we'll start seeing more and more of these studies moving forward about broad implementation of pharmacogenomics and economic ramifications as well which um, you know is so valuable in the space right now so you know there's value at the patient level there's value at the health systems level and saving uh, money um, and also, you know, personally advancing pharmacy practice as well can be a, a great value to the individual practitioner as well. So I think there is this program can add a lot of value um, to aid in implementation um, and support some hard outcomes as well at the institution that key stakeholders can get behind. Thanks for sharing that. It's so great to see the research focusing on ROI because we know that will help drive decisions in the C-suite about this service ad. I'm just going to share a little bit about the enrollment process now. Enrollment's open um, to all hospitals and health systems, and which we have been calling sites on this podcast. Um, we've had interest from colleges of pharmacy, large institutions, small institutions, um, clinic settings. Um, some only kind of have a vision of what they are um, thinking this program will look like. Others have more of a start and are wishing to expand. So really um, open to everyone. As far as participation fees, these are individualized based on organization size and complexity. It will be an all-inclusive fee that includes the cost of the ASHP pharmacogenomic certificates, individualized coaching, and the field experts, as well as the cohort learning sessions. So the enrollment process for the pharmacogenomics accelerator starts by signing a letter of agreement with ASHP uh, to ensure a place for your organization or to ask us any other questions you have about this program, 
we encourage you to reach out to us by emailing ASHP Innovation Center at ashp.org. Thanks, Bailey. I think that's actually a great way to round out this podcast. But before we wrap up, any last thoughts on the program we want to make sure our listeners know? Thanks, Sophia. I can add, add a, a few kind of final comments here. And, and first of all, I want to really thank ASHP for this partnership. I've really had a great time working with, with both of you and the rest of the ASHP staff in the Innovation Center and, and uh, really appreciate the, the academic partnership with you and your and the organization. It's been been a fabulous experience. Also, you know, kind of final statements is, is that, uh, you know, we really look forward to working with sites to help aid in their um, implementation journey of pharmacogenomics. Of course, we're, we're very passionate about implementing pharmacogenomics, and we know this is a difficult time for many sites um, to do new initiatives through COVID, budget cuts, and so forth. And, and we understand that those limitations right now, but we really look forward to hopefully working with you. And we know there's no perfect time to do any of this. Um, so, you know, if you have any questions about implementing what the cost may be, feel free to reach out and we can discuss with you. And if you can't do this now, hopefully we can do it um, in the future in, in a second cohort as well. But uh, we really look forward to working with you and, and helping in your implementation to achieve optimal outcomes for your patients. So thank you again for the opportunity to be here today. Thanks, David. That was very well said. And, and definitely the partnership's been wonderful from ACHB side as well. So that's all, all the time we actually have today. I just want to thank Bailey and David for joining me and discussing the new pharmacogenomics accelerator program. Before we leave, I encourage you all to check out ASHP's Innovation Center at ashp.org slash innovation. It includes more information on the pharmacogenomics accelerator program, uh, news and resources related to innovation and digital transformation in the safe and effective use of medicines, as well as partnership opportunities and research. Thanks for listening in to today's Innovation Friday podcast episode and Be sure to follow the at ASHP official podcast for more innovative topics. Thank you for listening to ASHP official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.